sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Ready? Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. The post-Thanksgiving episode of the podcast. Was Thanksgiving last Thursday? It was. Oh Thanksgiving gosh. 2019, for those of you who are listening far into the future. Check check this out. I'm going to show you a picture. Okay, yeah. You can you can explain it. So, this, yeah, listeners, if you if you put your ear very close. This is Thanksgiving morning. Okay. What we found on our porch. I see buzzards. Is that what they are? Crows. Uh, large black birds. They're turkeys. They're wild turkeys. Turkeys. Well, of course they are. They're the turkeys came to your house, knocked, and wanted to get in. How weird is that? There's a flock of turkeys for the first time ever on Thanksgiving morning just on our just porch. Just waltzed up onto your porch. Hello, we are here. It is Thanksgiving. <laughs> we heard we're significant on this day. Oh, wow. How weird is that, right? That is wild. We were actually going to go, uh, well, we did go have Thanksgiving at the Blanks' house. Uh-huh, yeah. So I, I felt like either they were mocking us uh-huh. or they got their their times wrong they heard we were going to be gone so our porch would be a really good place to hide <laughs> i don't know i couldn't figure out what's up with these oh, did you get some creole cooking on thanksgiving at the blanks's house did, did jessica go all out no new orleans it, or did it she was, go traditional it was traditional it was wonderful yeah she there was a shrimp dish that i did not partake of that's obviously. right because you are i am allergic deathly allergic um to but we we noted like I love my mom's Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. I don't think I have done Thanksgiving anywhere else. I mean, when we go somewhere else, she'd I've be been there to too. Thanksgiving at your parents' house. Yeah, yeah. So it was really interesting to have different dishes, macaroni and cheese, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We were yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is different here. Yeah, but it was really good. It was really fun. Yeah, I hope she made the macaroni and cheese like they made it at the first Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with, with the Italian guys that came over on the boat, and yeah, they're yeah. like, hey, uh, where's the macaroni? <laughs> uh, yeah, so how was yours? You it went was, to Columbia. W- w- yeah, not, uh, the, not country, the country. The uh, town in Tennessee where my daughter, actually in Mount Pleasant where yes, my daughter resides. Sorry, Mount Pleasant. Yes, and we dined upon the $150 organic turkey. Now, last time I heard about one of these, a house almost burned down. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> yeah, no, no, we didn't. There was, there was the the fire department was not called this time. It, uh, yeah, but we have we have friends who we love who uh, pasture turkeys. I think they give them therapy and counseling over the course of their life. Uh, they're fed. All, it's these 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 turkeys have a fantastic life. But it, until it, yeah, <laughs> dun 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 yeah 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 yeah. So you buy them by the pound, and it ain't cheap. And but it was a monster bird. I had to pretty much empty my fridge to get it in there. You know, when it was time to, and then the, but and Kristen roasted. It was it was it was it was fantastic. I feel like you're trying too hard. Like why don't you just open your front door, grab a turkey, <laughs> throw it in the oven. <laughs> Only in Tennessee, man. <laughs> Only in Tennessee. Yeah. Nice. You had a good time. I had a good time. And I, I'll tell you, the day after, though, I flew up to Pennsylvania to visit a sister of mine. Uh, 
Yes. Two years younger than I, who was diagnosed a couple of years right. ago with early onset Alzheimer's. How'd that go? And it was, I got to tell you, brother, it was hard. It was hard. Uh, the, you know, the, I, I was grateful that she knew me. So she did. That's yeah. good. Um, and I spent the day with her. Uh, but she was having such a difficult time because she couldn't put a sentence together. Mm. She could speak in phrases and the phrases were not always well connected, but she so dearly wanted to communicate and was so frustrated by her inability to do so. So there were a lot of tears. Uh, it was, um, it was, it was hard. Uh, it's hard to even know what comfort to give. Yeah. Uh, I remember my grandmother passed away from Alzheimer's. Yeah. And Jenny and I started dating in high school mm -hmm. and we went down and I wanted to stay in the car because I knew she wouldn't know who I was. Yeah. And I didn't know why would I be going in there. Yeah. 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 I remember that confused Jenny and she was kind of not happy with me, but she wanted to meet my grandma. And yeah. it's a it's a confusing and just rough thing to even know how to navigate. Yeah. So I, I don't even know what to say other than I, that must be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, that was, uh, and it came right on, you know, the very day after Thanksgiving. Oh, the day after was when you sat down with her? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, does that, did that, do you have kind of guilty feelings of going from one high to a person that was? No, having... but it was, but it was, I went from, I, I went to a lot of sadness. However, there was still gratitude. Uh, my two brothers, actually, they knew I was coming, and uh, they came too. The week before, uh, Ruthie, all her sisters had come. She's got uh, four sisters. So she'd had her sisters the day before, and she had her three brothers uh, this weekend. And we told stories from mm. childhood. And uh, it was clear that she, she knew that she, she would laugh she knew she knew the stories. She would sometimes try to contribute to the story and wouldn't quite be able to. Um, and so there was there was gratitude for that connection that's still Boy, there. That just you adding that part of the story made me feel a sense of relief. Yeah. Because the first part just felt like you being there in that really hard situation. Yeah. yeah. But being there with other people. Yeah. In community. Yeah. Where you were all participating. Yeah. And letting her be a part as best she could. Yeah. I felt like, oh, okay, that's, this can be, be an okay time. Yeah. Uh, um, boy, community is incredibly necessary in hard times. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, Aaron, um, uh, we've got some mail. What do you say we go to the mailbag and move we're, this show along? We're just going to transition from that. Straight to the mail. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and we'll be right back with the mailbag on the Pirate Monk Podcast.
And we are back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Right now, I have next to me Nate Larkin scrolling through the mailbag. Wait, scrolling through the mailbag? Yeah, that's digging, how we do it digitally. In today's digital the world, ma- we scroll through the mailbag. All right, scroll through the mailbag. I So we, we have a listener response to last week. Yeah, this is one I think that merits uh, reading because she's specifically asking for our input and feedback, and also she'd love to hear from other listeners to see what their perspective is. Well, I wish we could find like a knowledgeable, cool woman to be a part of this conversation. Is there someone we could call right now? Yeah, I'll tell you who comes immediately to mind would be Christine Leahy. Well, let's call her up. Okay. Boop, 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 <laughs> boop. <laughs> Ring. It's Christine Leahy there. <laughs> I'm here. Okay. <laughs> oh. Hi, guys. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> okay. Hey, Christine, I got a letter yeah. I want to read. Okay. Uh, and love to get uh, your perspective on it. And then for what it's worth, which probably won't be much, we'll we'll get Aaron's perspective on it too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. And then I'll deliver- If we the, have time. I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll deliver the, the final authoritative word. Is that how it works? Uh, sure. No. And I'll I'll edit everything out that I don't like. So that's fine. You, you, you guys can mock me as much as you want. I have editorial power that won't be used. All right. Uh, this comes from a listener named Paige. She says, Nate and Aaron, it was great to hear from Dr. Barbara Steffens on your podcast. The work that both she and Marsha Means have done has been so valuable in my healing journey as they have given words to my pain and trauma and my need for safety. I have a question about boundaries and safety that I would love to hear addressed on your podcast. It seemed like it seems like there's a growing movement in Christian circles to look down on what has been known as the Billy Graham rule about men not spending time one-on-one with a woman who is not related to them. Well-respected Christian leaders are saying uh, that those types of boundaries are because men see women as an object, a potential stumbling block. I've read statements that say that type of boundary is egotistical and assumes that every woman is in love with the man. I imagine the pushbacks against this principle come from those who've misused this boundary and have made it a legalistic formula rather than a loving boundary. However, it's hard for me as a wife who needs safety and boundaries to hear so many others bashing a boundary that I believe resulted in good for the one who had that conviction. When others send shaming messages about this boundary, it makes me fearful about what they would think of the boundaries that we've set as a couple, both for my safety and also to help my husband make good decisions regarding his temptations. I would love to hear more men share why they aren't ashamed to have boundaries. I'd love to hear how boundaries have helped strengthen other marriages. I'd love to hear why we don't need to be embarrassed to have guardrails that help us feel safe. I know some of our boundaries might seem strange or even ridiculous to those who haven't walked our journey, but it helps us to have them in place. And I'd love to hear from others who feel the same way. So if you get a chance to discuss this at some point, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Thanks, Paige. That's great. Yeah. I'm excited about this one. Okay. Uh, All right, bring us back to the other, uh, scroll back to our happiness. Oh, yeah, so that we can see (laughs) ourselves anyway. Yeah, yeah, there's Christine. Hello, Christine. Uh, Hi, guys. Yeah. Can you give us your initial reaction to uh, Paige's comments and questions? 
that. Well, matters. my initial reaction is, wow, you have an incredible audience. Uh, Paige sounds like a wonderful lady who's given this a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. And so immediately right off the bat, I'm glad to hear she used the word that I think she meant to use throughout. At the end, she used the word guardrails. So as she's talking about this idea of Billy Graham rule, um, not having mixed genders in company that, that they're not married to, I think she's really referencing guardrails because in the context of sexual addiction, in the context of betrayal, trauma, boundaries are more about the things that you do to create safety in your life. So for a woman, you know, it's creating and constructing a fence. I just had an interview with Marsha Means, and she is one of the co-authors of, of that book that Paige is referencing. And she talks about boundaries in terms of offense. And the first thing she says is you want to build the right kind of fence. And there are three types or general types. One is like a cute little short picket fence that has, you know, six feet in between the slats or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of a, it, it's not going to hold out any kind of dog or, you know, burglar or whatever. And then there's another fence that maybe the slats are closer together and, the, and then the fence is a little bit taller. And then the, the final fence is, is one that is more like a military fort style where, you know, it's incredibly tall. It is constructed out of masonry and it is built to withstand all sorts of things that might come their way. And the reason why we construct these different fences, it depends on which level of safety we need at that moment in time. So if a woman just um, finds out, discovers that the whole her whole marriage is a sham, there's been affair after affair, she might need to construct a military fort style fence around her yard, mm-hmm. aka her life, so that she can feel as safe as possible. She can control what happens in her yard inside that fence. Ooh, can, and I, as she, can I ask yeah, a question there? Uh, and you're saying clearly this is what she needs because in a situation, a guy might think, we don't need that boundary. That's not what I even struggle with. That's not the point. It's the fence that she needs. Absolutely. Boundaries are not about him. It's about what she needs. And usually that is to feel safe first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that when I hear what Paige is saying, it sounds like she's using the term guardrails, which she did eventually use that word at the end of her question. Um, I think she really meant guardrails and, and, and maybe got confused there. Um, But I, you know, I don't know the exact uh, situation, but, you know, boundaries again, like you said, are just, they're really about her and her needs. And we don't go into other people's yards and construct fences. Um, <laughs> if I go to my husband's yard and uh-huh. create a fence, a boundary, um, he might, not, not my husband, but my neighbor's yard and go and build a boundary, aka fence, they might call the cops, right? right? Because it's inappropriate. Um, I don't get to control what they do in their yard, but I certainly can control what happens in mine. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you you recently had a conversation with Marsha Means. It's a, you've been talking to a lot of uh, respected experts in this field recently, haven't you? Yeah, we've we've had an opportunity over the last I don't know two months to really talk with forty plus experts in the field, primarily women, um, on betrayal trauma, understanding mm-hmm. it, understanding how to handle our emotions and feelings how to do discovery and disclosure, um, how to create healthy boundaries like Paige was bringing up on, and so many other topics. And so um, 
you know, it's interesting because this, this, these interviews are all for the purpose of this Braveful Summit that we're doing, and it takes place between December 8th and December 17th. And what I'm struck by when I'm listening to these women speak is that they're sharing these personal stories of sort of, you know, devastation and triumph all at the same time. And um, they're, they're, these women are just incredibly um, kind, compassionate, gentle, fierce, brave, bold. I mean, it's just this complex mix of personalities that I think the, the women that tune into this uh, Braveful Summit are going to be really excited to hear about. Yeah, you know, I had a conversation in the car today with Allie, and we were talking about, you know, our hope for, uh, you know, for Samson to provide more support and help uh, and and care for betrayed spouses in the year ahead. And Allie said, "Boy, you know, wouldn't have been great if we'd have had that kind of help when we went through the ringer twenty years ago." Yeah. But nobody was talking about trauma back then, and the language was all around codependency, and Allie didn't know who in the world she could talk to who would be safe, and she didn't want to embarrass me, and so she – and we did disclosure awkwardly uh, in pieces uh, with far more pain than was necessary because we didn't have anybody to help us with disclosure back then. Uh, it's beautiful – to see that, you know, and, and Allie was honest to tell me that, you know, she was jealous and at times angry that I was getting so much help back then. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, focus on the, uh, on the addict and I was able to get a circle of friends and I was able to find support and guidance and instruction and got all kinds of assistance. And meanwhile, uh, yeah, and and even I was able to get some affirmation and applause. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, uh, she was hurting and hurting alone. So I'm thrilled that, among other things, this Braveful Summit. This is the first virtual summit for women only, right? For spouses only. Is this? Is this? Yeah, that's that's right. Is it women? Are you? Is this for spouses or women or both? So we have, while we have plenty of partners in partners and spouses that are men mm-hmm. in our community. We have a, a hand, I don't want to say planning, a handful that right. have made themselves known. And we are working right now to better structure our programs to help those men. Um, but on the whole, we are focusing our message to women and it's by women. So majority of the 40 plus speakers, um, I think all but maybe five or six are women mm-hmm. who have a story of betrayal and who can share not only their insight and their experience, but then also talk about most of them went through, you know, training, whether it's um, trauma informed, trauma sensitive training, or actually got their license in counseling or whatnot. I mean, these women are, are exactly the women that I know Allie would have wanted to hear from. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. long ago. Yeah. And this virtual summit is, it's running, it's absolutely free to uh, tune in and listen to it, correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, all of our virtual summits, um, we approach it so that anybody can, can sign up and listen to the talks for free. Um, there is a limitation to that. So the way we do it is that all of our talks go live 
um, not all, sorry, four to five talks go live in a day. And then those talks will stay available for people to listen to or watch for two days. And then after those two days, those talks will go into what we call the all access vault. Um, and the only way to get past material is through buying an all access pass. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's pretty moderately priced. We have uh, very dollars. Very reasonably priced. That's a half hour of therapy yeah. right there. For <laughs> exactly <laughs> for for a lot of hours. Yeah. <laughs> Each that... interview is about an hour and a half. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and we could have gone much longer. Sure, sure. And they'll have that in perpetuity. So that's yeah, that's, right. yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, you know, I. You guys have poured a tremendous amount of your own time and energy and uh, resources into creating uh, the All Access Summit for Women, or or the Virtual Summit for Women, and I'm so grateful that you're doing it, and I know that wives around the country and around the world are going to be grateful for your effort. Yeah. You Uh, you sent me a link, which we will post on the Podbean, We'll, we'll post with the show notes, I give it to Aaron. Aaron will post it, won't he? Sure, if he will. You give it to me. I will post it. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> if if uh, yes, if uh, it will be posted, it will be posted. Maybe on the Facebook page too. Do you do that or do I do? do who does? Is there I, is there I, an elf somewhere who posts to the pa- Facebook page? Just call me, buddy. Okay. <laughs> and put me on your shelf. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and this uh, this. Can we, can we have, well, go ahead. I, I, one, just one more pitch for guys. You could buy this for your wife. <laughs> it's such a good slash terrifying idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to subscribe for Allie. Uh, after our conversation in the car today, I realize she will love it. Guys, it's a great idea. Get some counsel from your friends, whether your wife is ready for that gift or if there's some preparatory talks that, you know. Don't surprise her with the gift. Maybe that's uh, well, okay. Yeah. What if, if she, she has, has no a, if she has no idea and has not asked for this gift? <laughs> that would be like a form of disclosure that could be. You think just t boner? Yeah. Let's maybe. N- let's not. Okay. Uh, all right. Can can we keep Christine here while because you did say I could respond. Yeah. yeah to yeah, this yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would like some protective features of you telling me what I say that's wrong. Okay. Would that be okay, Mrs. Leahy? Yeah, that's great. Okay, fantastic. I like telling people when they're wrong. <laughs> you seem pretty excited about that, so maybe I know, we're going to take really a excited. quick break. And uh, <clears throat> all right, are we going to take a break and come no, right back? No, no, that was just so we could get rid of Mrs. Leahy okay. because she was excited to tell me what I was wrong. But okay. it's still good. It's good okay. that she's here to tell me what I'm wrong. Uh, I I have three quick thoughts on your letter page. Uh, First, I am angry. Uh, I feel angry. I feel hot in my face right now thinking about your letter because you seem to be carrying other people's judgments that have a ridiculous double standard, that they're saying that there used to be a legalistic approach to not having uh, different gendered friends, and now they have become legalistic about that legalistic approach, and that's ridiculous, and it's making you feel bad about what you think is appropriate in your marriage. And that makes me really angry. So please send in uh, any phone numbers or emails of your friends that are doing that, and I would be happy to contact them. <laughs> 
Uh, that's number one. <laughs> Do we need to fix that, Christine? Uh, no, I'm good with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So number two, uh, uh, and I, I feel nervous, especially after last week. I'm, I'm really nervous about language, uh-huh. right? Because I use the wrong language a lot. Okay. Paul in Romans talks about people with weaker faith. And I don't think that weaker is a qualitative statement, as in less than faith. Mm-hmm. It's a weaker faith. When I've been betrayed, my faith is fragile. So oh. maybe the word fragile can be changed here. I like that, yes. And Paul says, when somebody's faith is more fragile, and I know I'm going to get people pissed off. He said weaker faith, not fragile faith. Well, you shut up too. Uh, uh, okay. I know, it's the wrong language again. Uh, when my faith is fragile, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. how I was raised, how I was hurt, I need rules. Mm-hmm. What can I eat? What can I eat? That's what he's talking about. Sure, 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 sure. But I need guardrails. Yes. I need boundaries. Because I feel fragile right now. Mm-hmm. Now, in the end, as my faith strengthens, yeah, and that can be faith in God, in my walk with him, mm-hmm. in my spouse, then I can make the same decisions without needing guardrails. Mm-hmm. I, have a, <laughs> I have a friend that we're committed to making a bowling league where we put the guardrails up on the bowling alleys oh, and go yeah. bowl. That okay. sounds super fun. Yeah. But I'm sure if we were good at bowling, we wouldn't need that anymore. Right. Okay. So I think for somebody that's judging somebody else's guardrails, they're not taking into account that Paul's not judging anyone for having these, being in different places with faith, with a specific issue. Right. He's just saying like, don't get in their way. Yeah. Stop judging them. You don't have that issue. Great. Then right. don't get in their way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think that's important here too. And I have a friend that his best friend is a married woman. And they as couples are close together, mm-hmm. but they are best friends. I feel horribly uncomfortable with that. Right. And he and I have talked for years about it. And yeah. there's nothing I can point to in scripture that says he's not allowed to. Right. I just feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to my faith. Yeah. And what I'm able to do. And the last thing that I would note is when I was younger, especially as a pastor, I had really clear. Oh, did you need to fix the second one, Christine? Um, you can keep going. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that said, like, I'm going to think about that, and I might figure out <laughs> what was wrong with it later. <laughs> That's fair enough. You can write in or come on next time and tell me how I was wrong. Um. The last one is that I, when I was younger, I had really strict boundaries because mm-hmm. I was young and I thought I'm just going to, I never want to have this emotional intimacy with another woman that is meant for my wife. Right. And that's yeah. what it came down to. I, I didn't want that. And I really hurt a, a, a number of women. Yeah. When I, I mean, I'm in my young 20s. Give me yeah. a break, right? Yeah. yeah. I, it's fine. But over the years, I learned there was a, a difference between, okay, I can be honest with women. Yeah. I can have a relationship where I'm honest, but I'm, I'm not giving intimacy. Right. Yeah. And that takes practice. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and that takes practice in a way that's appropriate and safe. Yeah. It's not just, oh, this person has a rule, that person doesn't. Yeah. Well, if they're crap at living out those rules, then maybe they need some rules. Yeah. And I think I did a really bad job of it earlier, but I'm glad that I erred on the proper side of my immaturity. Yeah. 
And so anyways, let's, let's all just give ourselves a little break to take the journey and mature. Yeah. You know, I've, this, this bumps up against an issue that's current with me, uh, last week for, you know, maybe the dozenth time, uh, the estranged wife of a Samson guy contacted me through social media and asked if she could meet to talk about her husband. Now, my uh, policy has always been to politely decline. Uh, I don't like talking about anybody behind their back. Uh, I don't like meeting with somebody else's wife. Um, but but uh, but I'm having increasing – and it would have been – it really would have been a boundary issue early in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having increasing misgivings because um, I know this is a betrayed spouse. This is a wounded person. I can – I don't know. It, I, so I haven't responded yet to the request. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I have – know, hurt and harmed uh, and discouraged or demeaned or diminished women in the past by not meeting with them. I'd love to get some input here from Christine. Help us out here. Well, I don't think that anybody would feel demeaned by not, but by you not contacting them. But, you know, I mean, that's just, that's the, it's a balancing act. I mean, Michael obviously gets contacted, um, all the time yeah. by spouses who are looking for help because they more often than not are the ones coming for help versus the struggler slash addict. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, you know, they're, they're, I don't know that we don't have rules in our marriage per se. We have, um, I think we have mutual respect for each other, um, where I might've overheard a conversation and I'll say, you know what, you seemed a little too familiar in your talk or mm-hmm. in your conversation. And I'm uncomfortable with that. Could you address that? Could you change that? And I think, you know, that's happened maybe once, twice, maybe three times in our marriage where I've like said, you know, I don't think that that person, for whatever reason, um, maybe have too much in common with that person or whatever, you know, and he respected my request. Right. Um, but I think, you know, what you were saying earlier, Aaron, about not being legalistic. I, I completely agree. I mean, we don't subscribe to any particular rule. Um, and every situation is just so different. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was in the military, so I was around all men all day long for, I was around other men more than I was my husband, um, for mm-hmm. four years. So, um, you know, we couldn't have those same guardrails as maybe Paige outlined in her, in her, um, right in her um, description there. And, but that worked for us because like you were saying, you also have to grow in your faith. And, and at that time I knew enough about myself and about our marriage to say, Oh, I actually, I can give you an exact example. This, there was a particular soldier who, who I enjoyed speaking with. Um, but when he asked me to go to lunch, although it was friends, I said, you know what? I'm uncomfortable with that request. I know you have no intentions, but I have no intentions of taking this further. So I'm just not going to be able to do that. And so that sort of fizzled our friendship. But, you know, that was just, again, it was just, I was aware of myself and um, what I thought was appropriate. And I think that every relationship just has to figure that out. I mean, uh, of course, I'm talking about healthy relationships. And we know that's more difficult mm-hmm. when you're in the throes of yeah of betrayal. Well, tell us again, before we, we're running out of time, 
but tell us again how people can get connected with uh, your your conference, all the the information. Yeah, if if they look for the link and can't find it on the show notes, how can they go direct to Braveful and sign up and get in? Yeah, so it's bravefulsummit.com, and they can sign up now until the end of the summit, which is December 17th. However, if they want to get the best price, they're going to have to you know, go in there and sign up for the all-access pass. Right now, it's $67. And I do want to point out that we've also included a free um, meditative coloring workbook for anyone who buys an all-access pass. We actually worked with a professional illustrator. She's a Christian illustrator, does color adult coloring books. And um, she drew 10 um, beautiful drawings to help women, you know, sort of meditate while in color, while they're hearing some of these talks to help them deal with thoughts and emotions. And for those of you that are not aware of adult coloring books. This is a big thing, isn't it? Oh, man. Jenny loves these. Really? I almost, well, she doesn't listen to the show. I, I'm still considering getting her a calendar I found today that was amazing. Yeah. And each month you you color that month. Uh-huh. Uh, I really, when she brought home the first one, I thought, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> and then she would just take like an afternoon just sitting, hanging out. We'd be talking and she'd be coloring. It's amazing. Yeah. So for I know. those of you I'm that are so unfamiliar. I'm so glad that you said that. <laughs> yeah, my Michael, I had to like he still doesn't understand what I've been trying to tell him. Like this is a thing. This is a thing and people do it and it's good for you. Yeah. And he just is like, "Are you sure they're even going to know that?" I said, it's, "Yeah." It's awesome. <laughs> yes. And I'll tell you what, I saw a couple of pages from that coloring book and they're truly extraordinary. Amazing detail and just beautiful, beautiful images. Well, Christine, thanks for joining us, and thank you for all your hard work. I know that you actually are the brains behind the other summit too—the big, the uh, <laughs> the ones that have been happening. You know, you allow Michael to take a lot of credit that really isn't his, and, but we're we're wise. We know. We yeah, know. I, I I do stand in the backstage quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, you shouting guys, out directions. <laughs> you guys are a great team, and you're doing a great work for the kingdom. All right. Well, stay with us, listeners. We'll be right back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Bones sinking like stones, all that we fall for. Homes, places we've grown, all of us are done for. And we are back in the Pirate Monk Podcast, and it feels, I'll tell you what, Aaron, it feels so good to know that in the year ahead, we're moving toward uh, taking uh, a, a, a renewed look and, uh, and, and directing our energies toward people we have neglected in the past, members of our family whom we have neglected in the past because we've been so focused on our own recovery and our own work. And marsupials. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, it, it feels so good to be doing something for our wives, uh, more than just learning to sympathize. What can we do to help them out? Mm. Uh, and of course, there is another category. There are also uh, other people who live in the house, uh, many of our homes. We're talking about- Marsupials. Yes, marsupials. But in a- <laughs> 
Yeah, in addition to marsupials, um, uh, children, children, uh, uh, small persons. Who may or may not be marsupials. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've been praying. I'm, I've been praying for years uh, that God would bring along the people, bring along the, uh, 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 the resources uh, to help wives because I've been asked, you know, what are you going to do for wives? I don't know what to do for wives, but God knows. And, and turns out he's been very much at work in preparing a lot of people. The other question I've been getting for years, as you have as well, what are you going to do for our kids, for our, especially mm -hmm. teenagers? Yeah. Right? Uh, now, I do know that uh, Dane and you actually, uh, uh, Dane actually launched a high school Samson years ago in Atascadero. Is that it true? It sounds vaguely familiar. It's a long, I can't remember past last week, man. Yeah. But yeah, I, I remember discussions about that. And we have dragged your eldest into this, uh, into the studio for so this portion of the show. So we've got a special guest today. We do, yeah. Introduce the special guest. Well, special guest today is wow. my son, Samuel Maurice Porter. Hello, everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's great Maurice, to be here. I, okay, see, I learned something new. Never knew that Samuel's middle name was Maurice. Yes. And can I just call you Maurice? Very much. I miss that monkey from uh, Madagascar. That's all I can think of. Like, <laughs> Maurice. <laughs> Mercy. Okay. Now, do you, do you remember uh, uh, a high school version of Samson when you guys were living in California? Were you a part of that? No. He, he no? Was, although he, he tried to start some... Yeah. Some Samson stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to hear kind of how that all kind of got Yeah, started? I would love to hear Yeah, how your efforts went. Yeah. So it kind of started when uh, we came out to the retreat. Was it like two years ago? Yeah, two. Yeah. No more. So the retreat two years ago, we came out. And uh, it was for like a road trip. Like we were going to stop by for like the weekend. So like I was like, oh, okay, cool. It'll be cool to see like what my dad does. So that, I didn't really put a lot of thought into it. Mm -hmm. And pre before that, I kind of thought just for – um just porn and just masturbation. I thought like uh, that it's like something like I deal with, but when I get older, it'll be, it'll just kind of not go away, but yeah. it'll be easier to do when I'm older. So just don't give it any focus. That's kind of how I didn't feel guilty about it. Just kind of put it in that box and said, all right, I'll just deal with that when I'm older. Mm -hmm. So then, um, so we went to the retreat and it was really, it was amazing. But uh, the thing that kind of stuck with me was there was this one, uh, this one dude, he was probably like 70. He was just an older gentleman. Yeah. So that kind of, and he was still dealing with, he was in my uh, Samson group and he was still dealing with like the things I deal with. Yeah. I was like, oh, geez. So he's, he's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> I was like, okay, so maybe I won't, this won't be as easy when I'm older. So um, it could, just my personality, it's kind of like, all right, I'm just going to face this right now. It's kind of like in the horror movies, like whenever the teenagers <laughs> like run away from the monster, it's like, I don't think I would do that. I think I'm either just going to go like right at it and I'll die really fast or I'll kill it. <laughs> so it's like that, that was kind of my mention. Both better options. Yeah, exactly. Than like right, right, hiding right. in the closet, just waiting to get to get a jump scare. <laughs> so that was kind of my mentality. It's like, all right, if, let, let's start the process of dealing with this. Right, right. So I got like really passionate about doing it uh, then. And I got, I had a, I have a great group of friends in California. Uh -huh. So uh, I started telling telling them about it, and I got uh, one of my friends in particular. We started; he was my Silas, still uh -huh. my Silas. Uh, we started doing it, and we got all of our other friends to kind of get into it, also. Okay. So was that really? I thought you had talked to them even before that uh, about mm -hmm. 
things. Was that yeah. really the beginning of the it, conversations? It, I would say like that's like the first time like the format got uh, presented. Oh yeah. So like, what, what yeah. was the earliest time that you? Because I always uh, you would come and tell me like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I tried to talk about this. Um, and, and your group of friends is really great with being open. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a little awkward at first, and I was surprised. Yeah that you even like went there with your friends, which was really awesome. Mm, yeah. Like it started with, I went to this one church's youth group. I was probably, I was a freshman. So I went there. Then we were having like a small group. And I think, <laughs> I yeah, this. I don't even know how it got brought up. But then like, I, you I, brought it up. I, if I, I remember I, correctly, I did, I did bring it up. I don't know why I brought it up at all. It's been, it's been so long, but I brought the subject up. It was really, it was very emotional. But then um, after I did that, like everyone started talking about it also. So it kind of like opened that whole can of worms. Yeah. Um, so that's how it got started. That wasn't really my friend group at the time. It was just a small group. But after that, I started um, like just talking with my friends more, trying to talk with them more about it. Yeah. What did that do for you that you, <laughs> I remember taking you home that night and you still had the the discomfort like, oh, I was kind of surprised. They all, everybody seemed a little shocked that I talked about <laughs> a little this disclosure stuff. regret. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did I just what, burn myself socially? But what did that? It seemed like the more you did it, the more you felt like, yeah, people are going to respond yeah. in a positive way. Yeah, like like when um, I started talking about it with my friend group, like we went. I think the first time we kind of got really deep into it, like we went on this giant, like I think it was like a survival night. We like went up like way up into the mountains. We had like a campfire and some of the guys went to sleep. Then like we started just like sharing like all of like our life secrets to each other. And then we got like really deep into it. But then after that, we started like just doing it more just like it didn't have to be like way up on the mountain where we had to get into it. It was just kind of like, well, let's hang out like what's going on with you. Like, how's this going? How's that going? It's got a lot more casual. Come on, Come on. you did it in front of your friend's mom. She told oh, me about yeah. it. <laughs> she was in the room while they were having a chat like this just like yeah well she's not part of the conversation so we're gonna keep talking wow that night yeah there was like four of us like we were just all there and she just came and it's like you mind if i sit in it's like yeah sure and (laughs) and they kept going and they kept going (laughs) that's great oh so <laughs> and did she stay? See, that's the mark she of the mom. Yeah, she stayed. She oh yeah, she okay. she stayed. Called me and said, "We've got some great kids." Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> it was good. So I mean, so once you discovered the format, you brought mm-hmm. the format back yeah. to your guys. Mm-hmm. How did the format run? And how old were these guys? And how did how did it work? So I'm trying to think. I was one of the older ones. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's one of us that's older than me, but they're pretty much like. Uh, Probably youngest, like two years younger. So about, so I'm 19. So okay, yeah. So at, at the time, it was like 15 to 17, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were just young high schoolers at the time. So um, Silas for the Silas format for me, it worked really well. Uh-huh. It, like it's it's just it's a journey. So it has its ups and downs for right. me. Um, uh, it's hard with the Silas. He's I'm I was so young at the time that it was hard for me to kind of finch those leadership shoes out there. It wasn't the right time for me to try and put something like that together. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, like, I the guys were very honest with each other, but I don't know how they would have reacted to, like, a group thing like that, especially with, like, other people if they came in yeah. at the time at least. So yeah. it seemed like you guys did better with learning how to be honest in an informal way, but having format. Yeah, that would be kind of strange. Wasn't great. But having a person that you said, okay, this is my person I'm going to tell all my mm-hmm. stuff to, 
that was important. It was, yeah. Because then it's like, okay, like like I trust this person. So like that was the main thing. Like we trusted each other. And I think like where they where we all were at the time, I don't think a lot of us were super ready yet to try and do like a more formal. Yeah. Especially like with other people also. Yeah. 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 Like it was just kinda like kind of getting there, like learning like how to be honest and learning more about like learning more about the issue. Just yeah. Yeah. Like what like what uh, porn and masturbation, like what it does to relationships in the future and like how like big a deal it is. Yeah. That's another thing. Like when you're like when I was a teenager, at least it was like, oh, well, it's just, it just is what it is. It isn't that big a deal. Like right. that's, that was kind of my mentality. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, that's yeah. what you were encouraged to think. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, exactly. Right. So it kind of opened my eyes. Not by me. Dream. No, not by you. Of course not by <laughs> you, but by the entire freaking culture. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so it was my insecure no, no, this, indictment this, this, by under, me. This, this underlines for me, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, uncomfortable facts and immovable facts, in that uh, men and women are different. So the dynamics of women's groups are different from the dynamics in groups for men. They can't just be uh, transitioned whole hog without any adaptation, and. The emotional landscape for teenagers is different than the emotional landscape for adults. And so the dynamics of an adult group are going to be different from those from a teen group. Mm-hmm. Now, how you crack that code, I don't know. Well, I'm curious because uh, a lot of this, you initiated all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really fun to watch you do that. Mm-hmm. How did you, because I'm I'm thinking... There's parents thinking, well, how do I get my kids to talk about this? Yeah. I don't freaking know. <laughs> uh, so what What was the... What do you think this is? A helpful podcast? <laughs> do you, <laughs> you think we have answers? No, we only have questions. No. So what do you even know? Like, what was the journey of... Like, you're throwing around words that most adults uh, feel very uncomfortable with. And yeah. and you're just like, yeah, I'm, I don't say these words. What was the journey between you finding some comfort and then getting the point as a freshman being like, yeah, I'll talk about this in front of a bunch of strangers. I just met it at the first night of a youth group for the yeah. first time I've ever been there. How did you get there? What can you fix all the parents? And <laughs> I don't know about fixing them, but I can, but for me, uh, I'm trying to think like it's been so long. I think that, um, that's fair. I've said that tonight to some of <laughs> yeah. Nate's questions as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The um, so you asked me ask me a question again. What was it? Yeah, like oh, do you want to? Rephrase? Well, I'm wondering was it was it helpful to you to have a dad who talks yeah, about this stuff? Openly? Definitely. Like that was that make it easier for that, you. That to... was a big thing. Is I hear about like a lot of um, um, like other teenagers whose like dads like weren't really comfortable talking about it, right. and it kind of became this like big thing you don't like it's like you don't talk about it you pretend it's not there then like you don't really share it but like the more you get older it's like it's still like you don't talk about this right so it's kind of like and you've got a dad who won't shut up about it (laughs) no he doesn't he's not focused on it but you're not it's not a daily dinner conversation it's not not. i'm kidding no but i I you're not afraid of the subject how old were you You were in junior high right when we read uh the, the porn circuit we went on a trip and read the porn circuit together. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Like Sam Black's book. Yeah. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. just a lot of, uh, yeah. Shout out Sam Black. Yeah. Thank you. 
just conversations about things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the more you, like, you talk about it, like the more normal becomes, the less scary it is. Like, I feel like yeah. that was the first part of it was like making it more, like, it wasn't making it less hard to talk about. Like, that was the first step for me. Yeah. But then, like, going to a retreat, like, after, like, it was easier to talk about. Like, that's why I was probably open to go to the retreat. It's like, oh, okay. I've talked about this. It isn't like some like scary thing to me. Mm-hmm. Then I went to the retreat. Then I kind of saw like, oh, this is like a big deal. So like yeah. the first thing, it's like, yeah, I like I know what it is. But then it's like, oh, you kind of like see the gravity of like how yeah. serious it can be to relationships and marriages. Can you remember? Because I, I remember when an an anonymous person who was a parent of mine. Mm. Uh, <laughs> And uh, come on, full full props, Dad. Okay. He, he gave it his best shot on okay. this, but uh, I was I was young enough to have no clue, and we sat down with a, a James Dobson cassette about masturbation. Oh, okay. All I remember, I remember sitting on the bed, put it in the tape recorder. We sat there staring at the tape recorder while listening. <laughs> All I remember was, your dad does it, your mom does it. And I don't remember anything else. I don't remember if and it's okay, but or bad. I don't know. I don't even know if it's a good quote. And and we got done listening uh-huh. to the cassette, and my dad said, "So do you have any questions?" Nope. <laughs> now, possibly the next year it would have been more apropos. I really had no clue. Right, so okay. he shot young, which was good. Good yeah, for okay. him. Uh, so are there things that you remember that you're like, ah? Eh, when I have a kid, I think I'm I'm going to be more careful in this way. That was confusing and awkward, or this was a good thing. Like what? Mm. You're closer to it. Yeah. Well, actually, you're not. I still remember that pretty vividly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's hard. I feel like it, part of it feels like it depends on like the kid. I don't know. It's oh, of, that's yeah. a great answer, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Come depends on. on the kid. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like, like I wanted to know more about it just in general just like or not even wanted to i was just kind of curious more about it but i feel like some different like personality types would how be like more weirded out like i don't know that, that's mm-hmm. an assumption like i would just guess that some people would be more weirded out or they wouldn't want to talk about it um so i think it really i don't think there's like a one size fits all but um i'm trying to think like there wasn't really anything that like you showed me that like made me feel like really uncomfortable. Like it was weird at first. Like, of course it is, but like, it just kind of, the more you talk about the more normal it becomes. And Mm. I can't think of anything that you, that you showed me or told me that I wouldn't tell my kids. Nothing really comes to mind. Well, perhaps man. I I love the, that truth that kids are so different and, and there isn't, I, I mean, we're all looking for the silver bullet. Yeah. And that's that's just not the way it works. And if we approach parenting like that, yeah, uh, we're gonna mess it up as much as we do good. Well, props to you, Aaron, for being a good dad uh, and uh, talking with your with your boys and your daughter about sex. Uh, you know, one of my great regrets, money, my, you know one of my many regret regrets. And, and it seems highly ironic that here I was totally obsessed with sex, an active sex addict. I never talked about it with my kids. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that would have been too scary, right? Yeah. It's yeah. too close to. Well, well uh, 
I'm going to ask for a couple things. I'm going to ask uh, our listeners, if you are one of those people who has uh, insight, passion, motivation, some direction, ideas around how best to equip, serve, and help our kids in this area, uh, love to have your contribution to the conversation. Please send us uh, your thoughts at piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Can I ask one more question that you just said that yeah, yeah. came to mind? Samuel, this might not, we can edit this out if it's unfair. <laughs> we as parents try to figure out how to control media for our kids, mm-hmm. which was possible a while ago. Yeah. We've got places like Covenant Eyes trying to cover all the bases. Uh, what I have found with young people without pointing any fingers is no matter what I did, people would find their way around yeah, it. There is 100% always a loophole. Like that's how we all, that's how like me and my friends, like uh, I never, I don't think I used Covenant Eyes. Did we? I think we did. We, we yeah. did. Yeah. We did. But then like my friend also, like we've, we've all used Covenant Eyes, but like we've always said like if we really like want to act out and like not look at porn or not even look at porn, just like if we want to, act out like there's always a way to do it um yeah and it doesn't it doesn't make it bad i mean i hope that sometimes it made it less convenient more inconvenient and thus like okay mm-hmm. it was a deterrent yeah. sometimes yeah, definitely was a deterrent. but i i think i just want to point out because we tried so much it was hard doing this podcast where we were always looking at the cutting edge of yeah 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 what it was and then being like darn it this fucking doesn't work (laughs) it's really hard yeah uh that in the end there is no replacement for figuring out how to have this conversation with the kids yeah there's really you have to have the conversation yes the guardrails are good yes the filtering and accountability uh technology is improving now that Mm-hmm. Now that we've got artificial intelligence doing screen reading, so that helps to lock it down a little bit more, but nothing is uh, absolutely foolproof. And and yeah, and there's no substitute for having the conversation. And the conversation is what we really need to have. Well, and and this this really isn't poo-pooing the filters, the no, no, all no, of that. not at all. But if if we could do that perfectly, so that the the child had no opportunity until yeah. they turn 18 and go off to college, yeah. Or turn twenty two and leave Man, the house. Just winding them up and letting them yeah. go. Oh Holy my gosh! Smokes, right? Yeah. So we yeah. we haven't fixed anything, right? We've just been like, this will not be a. We're Hezekiah, right? This will not be a problem in my generation. Uh huh. So great, it'll be somebody else's problem. Yeah. Go yeah. leave the house and blow up. Yeah. I think yeah. especially for teenagers too. Like like we all have like that rebellious streak. It's or not even. I wasn't as rebellious. I was a lot just more like like this is something that like like my parents are trying super hard to keep away from me. That made me super curious about it. Right. Like, just like, so like, it's not even to bash like the Walsies. I think like, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'm going to use some for like my kids, but they definitely like made me more like, what, what is this? Like mm-hmm. they added to the curiosity. Yeah. And like the fascination of it. Yes. So, yeah. So yes, like Nate said, if you have ideas, thoughts, send them in, we want to hear them. Yeah. And let's pray together. Uh, for our kids and for our families, for our wives. Um, you know, God has been so good to provide so much help for uh, addicts, especially male addicts. And let's also pray for the female addicts. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
of whom there are a great many. And growing in numbers. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, let us have compassion, care, and love for one another. Ah. Let's just wrap this up right now. That's that's your benediction. There it is. Uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and wrap it up, and we'll pick up the conversation next week on the Pirate Monk Podcast.